It takes no compromise to give people their rights. It takes no money to respect the individual. It takes no political deal to give people freedom. It takes no survey to remove repression. Harvey Milk. Hey everybody, welcome to the 10 to 12 podcast, the official podcast of Teamsters Local 1150. I'm Stephen French. And I'm Jason Shoemaker. So here it comes. This is the episode that everybody's been waiting for. Um, You know, we made some commitments a a long time ago when we started this podcast um, to not enter the political realm. And I think this episode honors that commitment. Um, I'm sure that some people will disagree with that, but... um, we're going to talk about pride. June is Pride Month, um, and and we think it's appropriate to talk about this subject and this issue. Um, my opinion, I guess, only, this is a social issue. This is not a political issue. Um, however, it's been pretty politicized uh, in, in recent years. Um, but we're going to talk about it because we need to talk about it. So happy Pride Month, and um, let's talk about pride history, right? Yeah, I think it's important to talk about because it's so tied to Teamster history and what the Teamsters are all about. The Teamsters have been fighting for equality from, you know, the early days with racial issues um, all the way through, the I think, the 70s. They started really advocating harder and harder for um, LGBT rights. Yep. And it's something that continues now today where, you know, this is about demanding respect and uh, fair treatment at work. Yep, absolutely. So let's let's look at the history of... Um, of why we celebrate pride. Um, you can go all the way back to World War II, right? At the end of World War II, almost anyone who looks at U.S. history knows the name Joseph McCarthy, right? Senator McCarthy, um, who conducted those hearings. He was looking for communists in U.S. government, in the army, um, all over the place, right? He, he was just on a witch hunt for communists. Um, it kind of led to this national paranoia, right? Um, anarchists, communists, um, other people deemed un-American and subversive people, uh, they were considered security risks, right? They were considered a risk to our national security. Um, And gay men and women were included in this list by the United States State Department. Um, And the theory was that they were susceptible to be blackmailed. Right. So that's why they showed up on this list of um, security risks under this McCarthy, uh, you know, the McCarthy investigations, the McCarthy hearings. Um, In 1950, uh, a Senate investigation that was chaired by uh, Clyde R. Hoy, uh, it noted in the report that and this is a quote. It is generally believed that those who engage in overt acts of perversion lack the emotional stability of normal persons. This was the government's view of gay people back in 1950, just 70 years ago. This was the government's view. Yeah, and the end of that quote, just to read the rest, because it gets a little bit worse, was that uh, the government intelligence agencies are, and quote, are in complete agreement that sex perverts in government constitute security risks. So right. pretty strong language. Yeah. So this, um, you know, if you look, we've come a long way, right, since then. Um, 
but I think we have further to go. Um, but but that's that's the discussion for um, that's coming up. And just a couple statistics: between 1947 and 1950, there were 1,700 federal job applications that were denied. Uh, 4,380 people were discharged from the military, and 420 were fired from their government jobs for being suspected homosexuals. Suspected. Right. Yep. So we think you're a homosexual, so you're fired. Um, the 50s and the 60s, um, the FBI police departments, they, they kept lists of people who were known homosexuals. Um they kept lists of these folks' favorite restaurants, bars, right, places that they, that they frequented, who their friends were. Um, the U.S. Post Office even got involved and kept track of, of addresses where these folks were receiving mail, right? The, the, you know, Big Brother was watching. Yeah, and that really led state and local governments to follow suit. Uh, bars started uh, bars that were catering to gay men and lesbians were shut down, and their customers were arrested. Uh, a lot of times they were exposed in newspapers, and cities performed sweeps to uh, rid neighborhoods, parks, bars, and beaches of gay people. It was literally about driving them out. Yeah, um, they outlawed wearing clothes of the opposite gender, and universities often expelled instructors that were suspected of being homosexuals as well. Yep. So in the 1960s, drag was illegal. Right. Right. Um, and we'll talk about how we're. And another interesting fact, uh, in New York City at the time, and I'm sure it was true in other places, it was illegal to serve alcohol to gay people. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah, um, pretty crazy. So what does this have to do with pride, right? So um, this was the 1960s, right? And on June 28th, we talk about these raids of gay bars and all this. Um, On June 28th, 1969, um, this was really prevalent, right? There were raids every night of bars that were serving or frequented by um, gay men and women. So uh, one particular bar uh, called the Stonewall Inn in Greenwich Village in New York City was raided. And that raid is really the tipping point for the pride movement, right, for the gay rights movement. So the Stonewall Inn was raided on June 28, 1969, um, and it, it just kind of slowly got out of control, right? So um, this was a typical raid in that the police came in, the lights went on, people kind of lined up, right? They knew what to do. The, the folks who went to these bars knew what to do. So they lined up, everybody had their IDs ready, they're showing their IDs. Um, the, the cops would just check IDs, right? If you were a male and you had an ID, they let you go, right? They just let you go. You, you went home. Um, so they're checking IDs. And what they typically did back then was they would round up women and anyone dressed like a woman. And th- this is pretty shocking. They would take them in a back room and they would make them pull their pants down and prove biologically that they were the sex that they were dressed as, right? The gender that they were dressed as. So if a person in a dress showed their private parts and they had male parts, they were arrested because dressing and drag was illegal. Uh, so this was happening at Stonewall. And um, the, the wagons that the police had ordered to come didn't show up, right? So there were no police wagons to load people up into who were getting arrested. So the crowd kind of lingered. Right. Everybody was standing around outside. There were people in handcuffs. Um, People started getting agitated. You know, some some words back and forth were spoken. People were throwing beer cans and and pennies, but nothing crazy. Right. 
And then a woman who's still today unidentified, um, a, a woman who was in handcuffs, was getting roughed up by the police. And she looked at the crowd and she said, are you guys going to do something? And all hell broke loose, right? All, all hell broke loose. And it was a riot. It was a full-blown riot between the police and the folks that were in the bar and onlookers. There's an estimated 600 people on the location at the time. So it wasn't just the folks who were in the bar. It, were, it was people who were walking by. Hey, what's going on here? And, you know, no one was killed. No one was severely hurt. Um, only 13 people were arrested, but this was a catalyst. The next night, there were riots in the streets of New York City, right, because the LGBT community was done with this, right? This was, again, the tipping point. They said, we're done with this. We're not going to be oppressed anymore. And they fought back. They punched back. So fast forward about six months. Um, within six months of the riots, the Gay Liberation Front, which was a militant organization, and the first to use the word gay in their name was formed. And soon after, uh, the Gay Activists Alliance, uh, along with the publication of at least three prominent gay rights newspapers, came along. On June 28, 1970, on the first anniversary of the riots, the first gay pride marches took place simultaneously in New York, L.A., and Chicago. The June 28th date was commemorated with gay pride marches for years and spread across the country, and eventually spread across the world. As the LGBTQ community gained more acceptance, the marches turned into parades and then, uh, you know, just spread more and more and really became a rallying cry for total equality for everybody. Yeah. So it's important to distinguish between that, right? The, the first occurrences starting in 1970, they were very specifically called marches because that's what they were, right? They were, they, they were marching for their civil rights, right? Um, it wasn't what you see today, right? It wasn't a big celebration. It was more what you typically see on film, in, in the history books. Um, it was a civil rights march, Right? I, That's what it was. And I think now today it's it's actually transitioned more to kind of honor the cultural advances and, you know, everything that LGBT community has, you know, given to the, the world. Absolutely. No doubt. So it is more of a celebration today. So those riots um, that started all this are known today as either the Stonewall riots or just Stonewall, right? If you say Stonewall to somebody, especially somebody in the LGBTQ community, um, they're going to know what you're talking about. Um, but I want to make sure people understand the significance of that riot, right? It may not have been this huge event, physically a huge event in its um, magnitude, but what it meant to that community is as significant and is often compared to when Rosa Parks refused to sit in the back of the bus. Yeah, it wasn't a fire, but it was a spark. Exactly. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good analogy. So that's the origin of Pride, right? And today, the LGBTQ community is again kind of embattled in a struggle for freedom, right? In this country, their rights are being overturned. They're being reversed. They're being stripped of their rights. Um, I'm not sure if people remember, but the Supreme Court didn't legalize same-sex marriage in all 50 states until June 26th of 2015. Yeah. Um, so it's not like this has been, you know— it's eight years. Right. It's yeah. not a long time. No, it's not a long time at all. So this is new um, and way overdue. But now we're losing that, right? The laws, the rights are being reversed, are being taken away. Um, 
through legislation, mostly at the state level. So just, you know, some facts. Over 520 anti-LGBTQ bills have been introduced in state legislatures just this year alone, in 2023. That's a record. Over 220 bills specifically targeting transgender and non-binary people have been introduced or passed this year. That's another record. And 70 anti-LGBTQ laws have been enacted so far this year, including 15 laws banning gender-affirming care for transgender youth, seven laws requiring or allowing misgendering of transgender students, two laws targeting drag performances, three laws creating a license to discriminate, and four laws censoring school curriculum, including banning of books. Right, that's 70, an, another record for a year, right? And we're in June. So um, there have been more anti-LGBTQ bills introduced in state houses this year than in each of the previous five years. And it's important to understand that because I think a lot of people that aren't within the LGBT community don't understand the reason why people feel so attacked. Yeah. I want to go through some of these. I'm not going to read this. I'm sitting here with a list that's two pages long of bills. But it's important to know the context, right? Not just read um, how many bills have been passed, but to hear the context. Um, so in South Carolina, a bill was passed into law that would censor curriculum and prohibit schools from requiring gender or sexual diversity counseling or training for students and staff, right? So let's not even talk about it is really what the law says. In Texas, a law was passed that prohibits diversity, equity, and inclusion offices at state colleges and universities. They cannot have diversity, equity, and inclusion offices at colleges in the state of Texas. And that's just that's not just helping LGBTQ folks, right? right. That's all equality. Texas passed a law that criminalizes drag performances. Florida. So Florida passed a law that silences educators by prohibiting any instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity between pre-K and eighth grade. Um, they call that the don't say gay bill, right? Um, Florida also passed into law a bill that criminalizes transgender people for using a restroom that matches their gender identity. So now it's against the law. Montana. They passed a law that allows schools to misgender and forcibly out transgender and non-binary students. So if a student, let's say, a, a, you know, a biologically male student, reveals to the school administration that they identify as a female, the law says that they're not allowed to do that. The school has to treat them as however they were born. The school has to treat them as a male because they were born as a male. And the school outs them, like tells people, right? So this person comes to who they think is a trusted individual and reveals that this is who they are. And the school outs them, right? Tells the world who they are, what they are, when maybe they're not ready for that. To me, that's pretty egregious. Uh, there was another one out of Iowa, and it would censor info about HIV and AIDS from required curriculum standards. Yeah. Why? Yeah, I'm not sure. Is Iowa living, like, back in the 1980s where they thought that HIV and AIDS were gay diseases? I don't get it. That's crazy to me. Um, 
So we could probably read through a list all day long, right, of bills that have been proposed, bills that have been passed. The bottom line is the LGBTQ community is without question under attack, and it's illustrated in other places too. So um, there's this public outrage now, right, and it seems to be more okay today to be anti-LGBTQ. So there's this public outrage specifically over any support for transgender rights and recognition. Um, This is increasing recently um, to the point that, for me, it's a little bit shocking. So any company out there, even individuals who speak out in support of mostly trans-inclusive stuff, right? This is about transgender people, I think, more than anything. Um, Anybody who speaks out in support of transgender individuals is being met with harsh criticism, calls for boycotts. Um, You can't have this conversation without talking about Bud Light, right? Right. They lost billions upon billions of dollars because of one can of beer. Pretty sure the stock dipped over 20%. Yeah. Which is a huge amount. Bud Light was the most popular beer in America. Okay, and because of one can of beer, right? This is not even, and not that I would support it if if it were different, but this is not even like they put out millions of cans. They sent one can of beer to a trans TikTok star by the name of Dylan Mulvaney. Um, They sent her a commemorative can with her picture on it, and she posted it on TikTok. She put it on TikTok and was thrilled by it. Um, And then there was this huge backlash, right? And now nobody wants to drink Bud Light because they support trans people. Um, to me, this is kind of shocking because even back in 2019, and and no one batted an eye in 2019 when Bud Light put out rainbow cans. In 2019, look it up. Bud Light made a rainbow can in June to celebrate Pride Month, and and they they put all their beer out in a, in a rainbow can for a month. No one batted an eye. Still the number one beer in America. And I think what's interesting is kind of the ripple effect that we're seeing now where you're getting other big brands that are kind of getting cold feet about what yep. what they were claiming as their identity, you know, and the things they supported. They're now, I think, kind of backstepping in some cases. Yeah, there's no doubt. They're afraid. They've got shareholders and they're worried about the financial impact. Yep. Um, and listen, they should be they should be concerned about the financial impact, but maybe they should be looking at it from the other way. Right. Because according to this group that studies this stuff, the estimated annual purchasing power of the global LGBTQ community is three point nine trillion dollars. That's pretty powerful. Right. That's a pretty powerful market. So, yeah, these companies out there are worried about the backlash. Um, Some are standing up to it. Some are not, like you said. Um, but there's a list of companies that prominently are being criticized over their stated support of the LGBTQ community. Um, some of those companies are uh, obviously, again, Bud Light, Nike, Target, Adidas, Ford, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the North Face, Coles, Cracker Barrel, who for a long time was considered like this anti-civil rights company, right? They they had lots of problems. They had lots of marketing issues because of the way black people were treated in their restaurants or their hiring practices, right? Um, 
and, and now, you know, they've kind of done a reversal and said, hey, this is who we are and we do support LGBTQ rights. And um, they're getting hammered. Uh, the, there was a social media post recently that said Cracker Barrel has fallen. Even right? even Chick-fil-A is coming into the mix. Yeah. the uh, And people know they're pretty outwardly Christian fast food chain. Yeah. Um, stick to their values. They were criticized because they hired a diversity, equity, and inclusion vice president. Yeah. How dare they? That's, I mean, yeah. Um, Major League Baseball, NASCAR, the United States Navy is being criticized by Americans because they support LGBTQ rights. Garth Brooks. uh, I don't know if you heard about what Garth Brooks did, but, you know, so the country music community seems to be really involved in this right um country music fans a lot of country music artists um have been outspoken about the horrors of being lgbtq and garth brooks who is you know at least was at one point one of the most popular country artists out there um he recently opened a bar down i i i want to say it's in nashville yeah and um he made it pretty clear that he's serving bud light at his bar and if people don't like it, they can go find another bar. He said, hey, there's plenty of bars on the street that I'm opening up my bar. Um, find another one if you don't like wow. it. Yeah. So um, he stood up for what he believes in, and that's that's good. Um, Woolworths. Woolworths is an old, old name, right? Yeah, it is. Been around for a really long time. They recently came under fire for making a Pride Month post, um, just a social media post. Um, and it committed to... Better serve, this is a quote, better serve our LGBTQIA people and customers. Um, the Post cited various initiatives like uh, creating a, an internal pride task team, um, and then they were hammered, right? They got criticized pretty bad. Um, and good for them. Their response to the criticism was to do another social media post, and it said, quote, Every person has the right to dignity regardless of their identity. This is a fact enshrined in our Constitution. It's not up for debate. Yeah. That's pretty heavy. And they're right. It's hard to disagree with, in my opinion. It's impossible to disagree with because it's right. Um, You know, so like you said, there's there's companies out there who are standing up to this. There are companies out there that are kind of cowering in the heat of the moment. Um, but I think it's I think it's really important to recognize that this community that is intertwined in the American fabric, right? This community is under attack. And, you know, we love to fly the American flag and say, you know, freedom for all freedom for all. This is about uh, freedom and liberty, freedom and, of choice. Yeah. All of these all of these things, the all of these words, right? Freedom, liberty. Um, it seems like for some folks that only applies to the liberties that they want us to have, yeah. right? Not every liberty. Um, you know, and- it makes me think of free speech too, because that's a, a more commonly discussed argument, right? Yep. And people say that we need to protect all kinds of free speech because infringing on, you know, one person's belief would jeopardize free speech in itself. It's the right. same exact thing here. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I have to say it, but I will. Hatred is popular in America today. Hate the person who doesn't agree with you. Hate the person who doesn't look like you. Hate the person who acts differently than you. Um, I don't get it. I don't agree with it. Yeah, emotions run high, right, when we talk about these these social issues, political issues. Um, 
but we need to as teamsters, right? And and that's what this podcast is about, right? Yeah, that's why we're talking about that's this. That's why we're talking about this, right? It's not it's not any other reason but that we are teamsters. This is a teamsters podcast. And as teamsters, we're all about fighting for equality and equal treatment for everyone, for all workers, right? That's what our mantra is. And that's what makes this a Teamster issue. Um, yeah, it does. And, and listen, equality comes with no exceptions, period, right? There are no exceptions to equality as Teamsters. On this podcast, and listen, I know we'll, we beg for emails every time we do a podcast, and we get very few emails from our listeners. We're going to get some on this, and that's okay. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but we're unapologetically supportive of LGBTQ rights and all that that encompasses, right? Because this is who we are as Teamsters. We can't do this podcast if we're not saying that. So that's why we're doing this episode, because like some of those companies that you mentioned, Jason, we can't be afraid, right? That fear of criticism can't be a thing for us. We can't be afraid to do what's right. We can't be afraid to say what's right. We cannot be afraid to stand up for everyone in our union, right? For all workers, because it's what we do. We that's, can't make exceptions. That's who the Teamsters are. That's right. So we know that some of our members, they won't like that we're doing this episode, but we're not allowed to choose who qualifies for equal treatment and representation. It's everyone. It has to be everyone or we're a failure at our stated mission. Right. So the Teamsters at the highest level, we have an LGBTQ caucus. Um, our local has an L a pride caucus, right? Um, I, I just want to talk about some of the things that they say, right? So the, the primary purpose of the Teamsters LGBT caucus it's to unify, educate, empower lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender members of the IBT. And in fact, the whole workforce, right? Um, they're looking to ensure equality in the workplace, to enhance workers' power at the bargaining table, in organizing campaigns, and in politics. They put out like this list of bullet points um, of how they intend to accomplish those objectives. Some of those things are, uh, you know, they want to advance understanding, compassion, equality, acceptance, and respect within the Teamsters through education and awareness. That's what this is today, right? We're hoping that people will listen to this podcast who disagree with what we're saying, right? And maybe you'll hear something that says, eh, you know what, maybe you're right. Because LGBTQ people, are they're not doing anything to hurt you. Right. They're they're not doing anything against you personally. They're living their lives the way the way they feel. Right. It's not even a choice. They are who they are and they're living their lives in accordance with that. And in a general sense. Right. There are individuals in any community who are doing the wrong thing. Right. But as a community, LGBTQ folks aren't on the attack. They're living their lives. Um. I've heard people, I had a conversation with one of our members very recently who criticized the local for supporting a pride event. And I went back at him, right? I said, listen, we represent everybody and support everybody. And he kind of backed off, but he said, I just think about my grandkids and I don't want my grandkids exposed to that stuff. And I said, that's ignorant. And also your grandkids are going to be exposed to that stuff, whether you want to 
protect them from it or not. They are going to be exposed to it, right? Anybody out there who's listening to this who thinks that we're wrong, that's okay. It's okay in the sense that I don't care, right? I don't care if you think it's wrong. This is what the Teamsters do. And if you think that laws and public outrage are going to stuff LGBTQ people back into the closet, you're wrong. That's not happening. They're not going to tolerate that. It's not going to happen. They're going to fight. And if you're a Teamster and you believe in being a Teamster, you're part of that fight. You're on the right side of that fight because it's the right thing to do. So I think what we want to leave people with is just the goal that we want to respect everybody. We want everyone to feel like they have a place not only at work, but within the Teamsters. And I think we just need to remember that we're all people. And, you know, we all want the same things. We just want to be able to come to work, do our job, go home, you know, and live a happy life. Um, So, you know, it's not about infringing on your beliefs. It's about trying to provide that for everybody. And, you know, we need to have equality for all in order for that to be the case. Absolutely. That's the message. And if you're somebody out there that is, you know, having a tough time or wants to get more involved, we've got all the, you know, places where you can choose to do that on your own terms. Yep. Come talk to us. Give us a call. Um, give the Pride Caucus a call and join that caucus, right? I do want to say that, you know, our Pride Caucus, if you look at the logo of our Pride Caucus, our Locals Pride Caucus, it says LGBTQIA plus allies, right? You don't have to be a member of that community to be a member of the Pride Caucus. I found out yesterday talking to Kim Vargas, who's the head of the caucus, that about half the members are just allies. Yep. That's awesome. So just get involved if you want to be involved. So that's going to do it, right? Um, do we have uh, events upcoming? Well, just a reminder, we've suspended our meetings for the summer months. If anything comes up, obviously, you know, you can follow along on social media. We've got our mobile app. Um, so there's definitely ways we can get in touch. And if we need to call a meeting, we will do so. Yep. I think the only um, real event that's coming is um, way out in September, right? The the scholarship golf the scholarship tournament. fund golf tournament so we'll um we'll, we'll talk about that as it gets closer um but that's an event coming up i think if you want to play in that event um get on our website on the events page uh all of the materials uh f- you know for signing up for that event are available or uh, give ed smith a call down here at union hall if you want to volunteer for that event and he'll sign you right up and just a reminder for any of our listeners down in alabama You guys are obviously gearing up for your contract. We've got our contract survey open. Uh, Please go online, fill it out. It only takes a few minutes, but we want to hear what you think. We want to hear what's important to you. Um, So as we're getting into that negotiation, please make sure you take the time to fill one out. So that's going to do it. As always, thank you for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for following the 10 to 12 podcast. If you're not following us, shame shame on on you. you. Go to Podbean right now and follow the 10 to 12 podcast. Remember to let us know what you think about the show. Um, You know, today, you know, we're asking for emails. Let us know what you think about the show. If you loved it, let us know. If you hated it, let us know. But let us know something. Give us an email at comms at teamsters1150. That's C-O-M-M-S at Teamster1150.org. And until next time, I'm Stephen French. And I'm Jason Shoemaker. We'll see you again.